Oh, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. The world's just changed so radically, and we're all running to catch up. How can we possibly have the slightest idea of what to expect? With the best intentions. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. Dr. Malcolm, I have to share a few campfire stories with my uncle. You can convince the Washington Post and the skeptical inquirer of whatever you want. But I was there, I know what happened, and so do you. I, I don't think you're giving us our due credit. Our scientists have done things which nobody's ever done before. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. Hello, welcome to the Jurassic June issue of Jurassic Minutes, where we discuss recent movie, toy, and franchise news. <laughs> no, just movie news for the Jurassic series. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And as I mentioned before, this uh, episode's going to be mainly all about the uh, Dominion. We've, uh, we've got posters, we've got teasers, we've got the whole nine yards, so we're going to get into that. But first up, David, uh, new uh, new acquisitions, new purchases, anything Jurassic-related coming in for you? Uh not Jurassic related. Uh, I've been kind of saving up my money a little bit since I paid off my car. But I did get for the Prime Day deal this cool little miniature of the Venator class Star Destroyer from Star Wars. One of my favorite, one of my favorite class of warships in the, from those movies. What size scale would that be? Being a miniature. Uh, I have no idea. It's tiny. It's literally the size of my hand. Oh, okay. <laughs> like so... from tip of my finger to the base of my uh hand it's the exact same length so right. it's like six or seven inches long oh nice is that die cast or polystyrene uh no it's it's uh plastic i'm not sure if it's like 3d printed or what but it's got like tons of nice little details and it comes with a nice little stand yep yeah that's no, still still big enough to um to be able to get a lot of detail through something that big mm-hmm. I haven't picked up anything Jurassic-related either. We've had some sales, toy sales, at some of the local retail shops. Uh, the only thing I found there was the plush Tyrannosaur and the Spinosaur from Camp Cretaceous, which I'd already purchased off Amazon. So, unfortunately, the uh, Super Colossal Toro and all those other figures that uh, were supposed to be coming out haven't got to my local stores yet, although I did see yesterday the, the Capture Gear T-Rex, whatever they're calling that one now. Oh, in nice. All, in all its uh, nice detail, so... I didn't pick it up. I might get that next week <laughs> and add another Tyrannosaur to the to the kingdom. <laughs> I really want that one, but I believe it's actually been hitting overseas first before it's been hitting domestically. Mm. I'm not quite sure why, but yeah. yeah. The um the the darkened paint detail on it seems a little bit weird, uh, just the way it's applied. It'd probably be a good good base for a custom to work on, so. Um, or just put a bit of a wash over it just to make it blend a bit better because uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to describe. I'd have to take some closer photos of it, but just, yeah, the way the, the darker textures are put over the browns looks a little weird, but but still, it's not going to stop me getting it. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I got a notification from Big Bad Toy Store that uh, the Hammond and Ellie Degler pre-orders are in, so I'll be able to get them hopefully in the next, next week. I've shipped me pile of loot, so they're on their way, along with Arnold... Oh, nice. Yeah, so I've got some human characters on the way from the Amber Collection that I cannot wait to get. <laughs> you mean dinosaur food? <laughs> well, <laughs> one arm is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But uh, if that's it for new acquisitions, Dave, how about we get into some news? All right. My God, they are well organized. Those are some major league toys. All right, first up, before we hit on the movie news, uh, something a little bit uh, spoiler here to talk about. Uh, Camp Cretaceous is uh, about to reveal some, uh, or has revealed some new Lego sets that are coming later on in the year. Uh, I'd say loosely based on what we've seen in Season 3 and all of Camp Cretaceous, especially when we have characters like Owen and that here <laughs> again, uh, just reusing that Owen mould in the Lego minifig because he's everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, Lego has always been extremely loose with the inspiration of just about almost every franchise, I think, except for really Star Wars and Harry Potter. And even then, Harry Potter and some of their later sets have gotten to be rather, I won't say generic, but they're not like straight sets from scenes in the movies. Mm-hmm. Not quite like um, Star Wars, yeah. which it pretty much always has. And there's some of these some of these sets are uh, yeah as we said loosely based. I think the um the number one here I'd I'd want to go for is the uh, the Baryonics uh, the Baryonics dinosaur boat escape, which um, has got a real nice looking uh, sort of cargo ship or little um, um, little ship with the Baryonics figure and a rubber dinghy in that. It just it'd be a good little uh, stand-in for the Emily from Trespasser. There's <laughs> a little uh, little supply ship to supply stuff to Sauna. Um, mm-hmm. But here it's also trying to mimic Mitch and Tiff's boat, even though it looks completely different. <laughs> One thing I wanted to bring up was this article too from uh, Collect Jurassic. Uh, at the very bottom, they've um, got a uh, concept art here for a female Ceratosaurus. Um, obviously, there's there's more people that are taking on board the sexual um, dimorphism in the animals because it doesn't look anything like the one we see in Jurassic Park Three. Mm-hmm. Looking a lot more like the uh, the male the male Tyrannosaur with those green stripes, um, just not the yellow <laughs> stomach. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I, as I said before, I'm not going to pick all this up. Just the boat one. If it gets here, it's hard. It's hard justifying licensed Lego sets. Sometimes they don't really include a lot for what you're paying in price. The Star Wars again. <laughs> Star Wars is a good a good uh, view on that. Sometimes you're paying a lot for a very small set. Mm-hmm. I'm not making the same mistakes again. No, you're making you're making all new ones. All right. After the, the May issue, the Jurassic minutes, um, some whispers started getting around of a possible uh, team up between Jurassic and Fast and the Furious, and a lot of people were thinking crossover, um, and wondering what Universal had in mind with that. But then we uh, started to get a couple of uh, teaser posters. First one, we got that round amber logo, which seems to be staying with the franchise. It's not and um, mm-hmm. on that piece of skin, uh, that um, reptilian skin with a mosquito uh, taking a big suck of blood. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is actually part of the clip that we see, that we will be discussing later on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Jurassic. This is our Jurassic. Uh, I'm sorry, our June monthly minute and. Jurassic June really hit the ground running. <laughs> it's kind of, I guess you would say, spearheaded by Sam Neill, of all people, who really forced Universal's hand by, I guess you could almost say, leaking this poster. Mm-hmm. Because I, apparently this poster came out a lot, or not a lot, but a bit sooner than um, Universal had intended. And so... 
he Sam Neill was the first to post it, and then like hours later, I, uh, the official Jurassic World, Universal Legacy, um, very all the other various accounts started posting it up as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm not sure if it was meant to be like an intentional leak or if Sam Neill was just like screw it, I'm throwing a bone to the fans here. But yeah, this is going to be the T Rex skin. And interestingly enough, this the skin, if you look at it closely, has little flecks of filamentous integument, basically proto-feathers uh, sticking out in between the scales, mm. which will come up, of course, later in this discussion. Yep, yep. I have seen some, uh, <laughs> again, the, the negative side of the fandom uh, commenting on a four-legged mosquito, <laughs> which... <laughs> It, it it may have lost a couple of slag. It's survival of the fittest. It's um, it's getting a drink of blood here. It also. No, I didn't even notice. <laughs> I didn't even until I read a comment on this post. Honestly, just then. <laughs> but um, it also had the title or the text on it that it all starts here, all started here, which um, was uh going to lead us into um an article here from uh our <clears throat> post. But before we get to that, I'm just going to tangent. Uh, last night, I was watching uh, Hunt for the Wilder People with Sam Neill in it, and I really love old, bearded Sam Neill. <laughs> I cannot, <laughs> wait, cannot wait to see his contributions in Dominion. Um, yeah, there's the movie that he did with... Um, what, uh, what was his name? Oh, Willem Dafoe. Uh, where, where, where Willem Dafoe was trying to hunt a thylacine. I can't remember the name of the movie. Oh. Uh, the Hunter, that's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, he basically looks exactly like how I always imagined Novel Grant to look, where he's got he's kind of scruffy looking with the uh, with the beard for a little bit. <clears throat> he does shave eventually in the movie, but at some point he does have a beard in it, and he looks spot on for Novel Grant. And even funnier is that he's like in the Australian jungles uh, <laughs> acting as. Willem Dafoe's guide as he's hunting the thyla- hunting a thylacine, which, as the common name is called, the um, Tasmanian tiger. Mm-hmm. And brother, he does find it, but he decides not to kill it. <laughs> it's just coming well, I mean, because you got Grant. I mean, I'm sorry, you got Sam Neill in this old, beat up kind of brown hat, and it's exactly how you would think Sam or Alan Grant would look as an older man. I have seen a lot of the um, lot of discussion about what the what the bearded um, Grant now looking a lot like the, the novel comparison. Mm-hmm. Not luckily, no one's commenting on the barrel chest whether whether uh, Sam Neill's in good condition or not. Um, that's that's a completely different story. Not really for us to to pick <laughs> on, but <laughs> I'm gonna try and see if that's streaming somewhere this afternoon. Sounds interesting. Um, then we had the. Uh, Oh, I suppose also on that poster, it also had down the bottom that um, the extended special preview of Dominion mm-hmm. at the start of Fast 9, only in IMAX, which sort of released and brought that to our knowledge that um, there's going to be a teaser for Fast 9, mm-hmm. or, or in, in front of Fast 9, which... Um, and there was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I already went ahead and went and saw it on opening night domestically here with a friend, so... Yeah, it was it was really really cool in the theater. Don't just don't just uh, settle for 
the lousy cell phone <laughs> uh, recordings that are out there on YouTube. Go see it in, in theaters. It is amazing. It's... We'll talk. We'll talk about it in a minute. <laughs> Before we get to it, um, there's one. There was one other uh, picture that released as well of a. Where do I have that before? Uh... God damn it! What's the baby T Rex called? The th... <laughs> a small, a small theropod anyway. Um, in front of a big, big set of jaws. Yes, our first feathered theropod, or first feathered dinosaur in the mainstream movies. Moros Intrepidus. That's it. It's a small tyrannosaurid uh, from from early Cretaceous Utah, about I think ninety five million years ago. Mm-hmm. I have seen some comments on its actual size, wondering if it's a, an infant or if it's just showing how big Giga is here that's cleaning the teeth off. But we don't know that until we get to the trailer. Um, it is small, not quite as small as is portrayed in the trailer slash teaser image. But it was probably only like four feet tall, yeah. if that. Yeah, I've I've got no issue with sizes because again you could add, um, you could go different ages or whatever, what have you, um, for animal sizes. If we go off sort of modern day prehistoric reptiles like crocodiles and that, they don't stop growing if they've got a good, good food source. So um, mm-hmm. it could all be determined on size. I know there's other issues that we'll get to <laughs> get to later on, but. Um, with these uh, posters that leaked, uh, outposts, once again, we're in contact or reported on um, some stuff, Colin, that was saying, um, explaining that there was going to be the full five-minute uh, preview for Dominion in front of Fast 9 in full IMAX, so you got to see um, that start in IMAX. It was shot in IMAX. It was meant to be displayed in IMAX. Uh, mm-hmm. As you said, Dave, how good it looks in IMAX. Well, heading back to the Cretaceous period, six five million years ago, Getting a look at Earth without humans on it, and um, getting a look at uh, the animals as they existed back in the day, mm-hmm. and it was going to tell the or, the origin story of how the dinosaur DNA come to be carried in the in the mosquito to start with. We'll we'll question that on how much of an origin story this is uh, when we get to it as well. Mm-hmm. Apparently, but... the 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 um, sixty five million year ago opening was. The prologue was filmed in Socatra, an island on the Arabian Peninsula, which has these wild-looking giant mushroom-style trees and, of course, um, like your date palms and your uh, babal trees and beautiful waters. Mm-hmm. Really exotic place. Yeah, I, a good reason to head over to Jurassicpedia uh, Facebook group. I think someone in there posted photos of the actual location. They'd visited mm-hmm. recently, and not not changing hell a lot in sixty five million years. So, so yeah, that full write up was on uh, Outpost with their article there. But then uh, Fast Nine come out, people started going seeing it. We a lot of the um, major sort of social media Jurassic accounts started saying um, reporting on it. Not so spoilery, mm-hmm. just you'd love it, all this sort of stuff. Uh, it was great. And then, as you said, Dave, the uh, the blurry cell phone footage started coming <laughs> coming about, which I don't. It's not just that. Any anything these days where people are taking phone videos of news or something happening, I, I don't know how it's so hard. I don't know if news news centers aren't allowed to show the the HD versions or high def versions. Mm-hmm. It's always 
frankly shitty <laughs> pixelated stuff when it's it's like they're using Nokia thirty three tens or something to to film. <laughs> First, uh, what is your take on the whole feathers non feathers thing? I'm I'm glad we know from spoilers uh, that there are other animals not seen in this trailer. We know that the feathered in the actual film. Mm -hmm. I was worried that uh, them saying yes, we're going to have more scientifically accurate dinosaurs, and that we're only going to be in this first prelude scene to say, mm -hmm. yeah, we've done it. Now we're going to get back to the the, the genetic monsters <laughs> um, <laughs> later in the film. But I'm I'm glad to see it. Uh, finally in the films it'll be interesting to see what Mattel do with it with their toys I don't I mm -hmm. don't think we're going to have carpet on the outside of our plastic figures to, just to simulate <laughs> hair or uh, feathers or anything like that well they already did it with um, Mononychus they had the feathered tail and the wings and all that and I thought it was actually really well done yeah well I haven't seen it in person yet so I'll have to have to wait to see that Apart from being like a troll doll <laughs> with just <laughs> hair on top of him. I suppose it also leads into the, the scientific accuracy. I know there's a lot of a lot of discussion going on in social medias after this trailer. Uh, animals being in it that shouldn't be in it together, uh, feathers or the whole the whole thing. Even going back to the first Jurassic Park, Spielberg said if you want to see a real what a real dinosaur look like, you watch Jurassic Park. Now, of course, they've they've made uh, artistic decisions with so many animals and that going across the entire franchise, but normally each time we get a new movie, they try and modify what we know or use what we know about the animals now and give us depictions of those on screen, whether mm -hmm. it's through hybrids or or actual actual animals. It's it's sort of hard. It's it's hard mm -hmm. on one side. Yes. They're going for what's the most scientifically accurate at the time, but then on the other hand, they're also, well, it's science fiction, so we're making little changes here and there. I just think it's interesting, like even going as far back as the novels, and Crichton did exactly that. They would he updated the uh, dinosaurs for the Lost World, where the baby T. Rex now were fuzzy, even yeah. if the adults weren't. Yep. Well, I was like, I mean, people are complaining about, they're like, ew, feathers. And then Crichton, back in 1995, had feathered dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Hmm. Yep. And I think it's hard, too, with people that have grown up on the franchise. Um, you, you often hear people that were kids back in the 90s um, that have gone into paleontology just because of Jurassic Park. And but having the films, loving the films for so long and having the idea of that's what a Tyrannosaur looks like, then for someone to come out with something that may be more accurate, but not isn't something you're used to seeing, and you're not really liking it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I'm i not as... Um, not as angry as some... I, I'm, not, I'm, not really, I'm not really angry at all. I don't, I don't really care as much. I know it's they're giving us a look at um, the animals they they want or the the way they want us to see them, which I suppose will get us into into the teaser here where we get the opening with um, pretty much herbivores doing what they do, which we've always wanted mm -hmm. from the franchise: the sauropods drinking from the river. Yeah, this the opening definitely has a um, like a nature documentary kind of filming style to it where. 
it opens up with like the sun rising up over between, like I said, those mushroomy trees. Mm. If anybody knows what they're called, go ahead and <laughs> mention, uh, shoot us a message because I really have no idea. And yeah, like I said, the sun rising up over the trees and then over the mountains and showing like this pan shot of Nasuto Cer- uh, herd of Nasutoceratops kind of just romping through a river mm. and a Dreadnoughtus um, kind of just standing there drinking from the water and a Quetzalcoatlus just flying there and it completely dwarfing the uh, smaller pterosaur species. Mm. Again, like a, the swooping into a kill or a dead animal that's mm-hmm. half submerged in the water. Mm-hmm. The, the dreadnoughts, I know, I think one of them's drinking, but weird. One of them looks like it submerges its head completely underwater, so I don't know if it's eating, not seaweed, but sort of weed from the mm-hmm. bottom of the water, the lake or something. Or you could try to be, like, drowning parasites. <laughs> I know that um, African her- large African herbivores today will, like, wallow into rivers and deep mud to, like, uh, get parasites off of them. Yep. But they're also sort of... You you recognise sort of that Brachiosaur trumpeting too. I don't know if it's... Um, if they've changed it a little bit. Or if that's just what I'm hearing when I hear it. If it is completely different. But just the fact there's no... No score. There's just nature. Mm-hmm. All the animals making a noise. We get finally a Oviraptor mm-hmm. on screen. Stealing eggs. Which I absolutely loved. Just the sounds of the I echo. I Oh no... <laughs> It per- it perpetuates dangerous serota- or stereotypes. Oviraptor did not steal eggs. In fact, the <laughs> specimen that they found clutched over eggs was the mother. Oh. <laughs> she was a good mother. She didn't steal eggs. She loved her eggs. <laughs> well, here we go. Here we go, starting with the Ineacuses again, then. <laughs> oh. I just I love the sound design of it, it knocking on the eggs and you hear it echoing through that that can that cave. Yes, um, that was good. The sound the sound mixing around there was good, and I think that the all the whole um, visual effects were absolutely stunning. And I think this really shows what you can do with visual effects when you're given the time and the basically the patience to the. Um, to the animators to actually create a product that is absolutely the best that they can make it. We've discussed what may have been going on with the delay, uh, if they were able to even do add any more to the film. Something like this is definitely something that you could do with that delay, have being able to spend more time on this CG, mm-hmm. on the, the audio for it. Oh, damn it, I was going somewhere with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's been a lot of discussion about why can't we have a, a like a new Walking with the Dinosaurs or some sort of documentary series looking like this? The other night I was watching another one of the David Attenborough Planet Earth um, documentaries too, and just how good stuff like that looks and how good it'd be with actual dinosaurs instead of elephants, or whatever. But the problem there is the cost. I, even this is only a three three minute scene, three or four minute scene mm-hmm. with everything going on here. We know this is all that there is in the film, we think, anyway, unless they flash back again halfway through. And yet, it's still a huge ode to the uh, paleo-loving Jurassic fans, Mm. because I've been seeing for years how fans have wished for 
something exactly like this. Just a, a like a five minute scene of just straight dinosaurs being dinosaurs, not hunting, killing, chasing people, stuff like that. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and that's when you you get into the get into the issues with should these animals did all these animals exist at the same time? As we said before, that I think we just enjoy enjoy the fact that they're here on the screen. Um, yeah, not, I not... mean, I have my problems with the whole bio-stratigraphy bio-stratif- uh, mess that's going on, but like you said, I'm just enjoying it for what it is. It's beautiful. I've been wanting to see this for 15 years now. This is exactly what I've always wanted from a kind of Jurassic Park nature documentary. Yeah, and it goes back to the first Jurassic Park. You're calling your your amusement park Jurassic Park when you have species from different, all, all three, or eventually be all three um, major eras that um, they were involved in. So that's it's great to see. Um, the pteranodons in the canyon look absolutely fantastic as well. Just mm-hmm. again, the the, the colours, the, the the landscape, and then we get uh, again that. Um, that little pteranosaurid eating the flesh from the, the Giga's jaws. Which again, little animals eating eating the flesh off a sleeping giant. Mm-hmm. Which there is, I mean, there's actually been kind of like, um, not fan art, but old, not or not older paleo art, but like fans of uh, doing paleo art of um, the Giganota of, not the Mor- not Moros Intrepidus, but just like a small uh, species of a theropod uh, cleaning the teeth of a Giganotosaurus, which looked almost inspired, like it inspired this shot here. Mm. Yeah, it almost yeah, almost makes you wonder and think about sauna and a sleeping pteranosaur and having compies <laughs> pecking the pecking the flesh off its teeth as well, just. Again, that sort of, not really symbiosis, but just that sort of nature, um, mm-hmm. like what we see in Camp Cretaceous with all the carnivore, the carnivores and animals around the one waterhole, just stuff like that, everyone's one <laughs> and the same. <laughs> because uh, we get a um, iguanodon here too, another new species in the, uh, the franchise, getting a little bit too close to the sleeping carnivore as it, um, as it wakes up. And then, just out of nowhere, we get a Tronosaur appear as well, <laughs> which which sort of took me back for a minute, because, again, going back to those sort of walking with the dinosaurs and that, when you see herds of uh, herbivores, if there's any squeak, squawk, roar, snarl, or whatever, the, the whole herd reacts to it, and they know that carnivore's there well before, or they should know the carnivore's there <laughs> early, unless the carnivore's good at sneaking up on them. But... Uh, David, you've been putting the memes around <laughs> uh, Universal. <laughs> you've, you've, you're making the same mistakes again. I, we get uh, the fight between the T-Rex and uh, the Giga, and it's very quick, and only about five or six seconds, and this fight's over, ending with the uh, Tyrannosaur on a side in a river. Interestingly, it's the exact same move that the male T-Rex tried pulling on the Spinosaurus in the third movie, and where the male T-Rex tried dragging the Spinosaurus by the neck and the Giganotosaurus does that here and like you said it's not a very uh, long fight they kind of just butt heads and scratch at each other before the Giganotosaurus quickly gets the upper hand and 
Yes, I did. I did meme. Meme. I got a Hammond saying, "Don't worry, I'm not making the same mistakes again." <laughs> underneath a picture of the male T-Rex getting attacked by the Spinosaurus, and of course Hammond has Universal Studios logo for a head. Then I put one of the screen a screenshot from the fight of the Gigantosaurus uh, headbutting the Tyrannosaurus, and Malcolm acting as the fandom here. No, you're making all new ones. Because, I mean, <clears throat> um, for some context, after 2001, there was, a, there was like huge fan fights over whether or not the T-Rex, who would win, the Spinosaurus or the T-Rex. And now we're making this even more mistakes. Because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ironically, now we're getting Giganotosaurus versus T-Rex in the comment sections of the meme, making fun of people uh, who are, are going to make uh, arguments about the fight. Any Anyone that's on social media in any group knows it still goes on today. The, any, of the, any of the Jurassic groups I manage, I, we flat out decline any posts that uh, discuss or bring up the fight. Um, just because it, it, there's still fans that are absolutely devastated that that Tyrannosaur died. The Spinosaur one and Universal, how could you? <laughs> and he he did doing it all seemingly purely to have a rematch later in mm-hmm. the film where Rexy somehow her thirty five year old Rexy, thirty eight year old Rexy is going to be able to take down a newly bred Giga with um well I'm sure there's gonna be some effort required, but She's going to win this fight. She has to because Universal won't let that Rex die. But here we're going to just kill another random T Rex. Yeah, it's interesting because the scene is clearly setting up for a rematch with the clones later, which is kind of a little Pokemon the first movie where Mewtwo, <laughs> uh, where Mewtwo upgrades the Pokemon clones and then forces them to battle the originals. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd... we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, but we don't see the kill blow on the T Rex. It sort of again lands down in that water. Uh, we see the the pupil dilate as it uh, is clearly dead, and in comes that mosquito. It lands on its cheek and sucks some blood. Which, yeah, fine. This is this is how they got the blood in the mosquito. I don't want. I don't think I've seen it, but I've heard it rumored that. This is Grandma T-Rex. This is the same mosquito that Hammond has in his cane. I, we don't need to go that far into it. That's That's been the biggest issue that Colin or production have come out and said, oh, well, this is that. This is the Brachiosaurus Alan and Ellie scene, or, or this is the um, this is the Spinosaur skeleton from the Jurassic Park 3 Spinosaur. It just, you don't have to say it. Just, it raises whole new questions and issues that we don't really need to bring up or or discuss. And it's just kind of small world too. I mean, it's like how much coincidence do you really need? You know? Hmm. Well, also too, we've seen in the Mr. DNA video that it landed on the back of a sauropod and that's the mosquito they use for that, that explanation. But we had that explanation in 93, whether here, okay, we're going to show you the real life explanation. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure everyone knows how a mosquito gets blood, <laughs> and then we don't even see it land in the tree and get covered by the sap here. So, 
I'm kind of hoping it just stays as a reference where it's okay. You saw the video. This is it in real life. You know. Hmm. It's also not as uh, not as flashbacky as I thought we're going to see. I thought we're going to follow this mosquito on then to uh, that lab we see with the sauna crate. Um, that picture revealed and. We're actually going to get the Trenosaur rebirthed after the, its death here, but that didn't happen. So I don't know if we're going to have a second flashback later in the in the film or not, because I had heard rumours of a baby T-Rex with down, much like we've seen in the Rex nest on Sauna, so in the novel. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what's going to happen there. But the other thing too, as good as this is seeing the animals on screen and all that as this prelude. We've got a lot to do in this movie, and here you're spending the first five minutes of just um, the nature documentary side of it, 65 million years ago. <laughs> it's um, it's going to be a jam-packed movie, that's for sure. At the same time, the movie is, I've heard, projected to be around two and a half hours, so this will probably end up being the longest okay. Jurassic Park movie that we've gotten. And on top of that, I've also heard rumor that Universal is not quite sure if they're going to keep this scene in the movie or if they're just going to keep it as a Battle of Big Rock style kind of short, you know? Well, that's something, yeah, we've discussed and I've seen discussed elsewhere as well, whether or not this was going to be part of the film or not. Because you said they had the the original, like the older Universal logo at the start, mainly because of when um, Fast and Furious is set. We don't we don't know if we're going to have that um, that same universal logo we got in Camp Cretaceous or not. But I think this is where the teaser that was first released ends, and then we got the next bit that c- continues on sixty five million years later. Which <laughs> thanks for that title, Universal. I'm sure we know we see a helicopter here flying over the forest. I'm pretty sure it's not <laughs> dinosaur times anymore. But and yet I do have pro- a problem with that just because. I mean, sure, I can buy maybe Giganotosaurus walked its ass 5,000 miles from uh, (laughs) Cretaceous South America to Cretaceous North America. Okay, I can maybe buy that. But the problem therein is is that Giganotosaurus died out 85 million years ago, and the first T-Rex fossils aren't until about 75, 75 million years ago. So having it set 65 million years later is in and of itself also a problem because that's about a million years later after the asteroid impact meaning all of that should be ash and bone anyway hmm. yeah <laughs> uh... I mean I could maybe buy it if it said 85 million years later but 65 yeah, I get that they're going for the tagline reference, but I've also heard that apparently Bruzzati made a comment and that they considered to they might fix that or change that to 66 million because that was the actual date. There was 66 million years uh, was the end of the Cretaceous. But that's yeah, that's that, and that's the issue of talking about such a vast span of time. Was that was that June? Was it June June fifteenth, sixty five BC? <laughs> All that it could have been earlier in the year before the asteroid hit. But it, as you said, it is that 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 famous sixty five million year tagline that we that everyone knows. Um, just trying to dumb it 
down for the, the casual viewer, I'd imagine. Because, yeah, you look at that span of time between when Giga and T-Rex <laughs> lived, you can fit pretty much the whole evolution of primates into man in that time, and they still wouldn't touch each other, so... Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just... I mean, again, I could buy the 85 million years because you have one of the last Giganotosaurus versus one of the first T-Rex. I mean... Mm. You could you could fudge that kind of you know you could you could fudge the time a little, little bit there. Yeah, yep. yep it's hard considering that Giganotosaurus we know died out 95 million years ago to say that it, it was around um, at the end of the dinosaurs when we know it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, I mean, I know it's a movie, but still, I mean, they're priding themselves on all this accuracy and then go and make a major mistake like this <laughs> could you could you imagine when that i'm not even going to try and pronounce his name the not pteranodon swooped in over that carcass on the lake and those compies also feeding on it that just really <laughs> really throw everyone really make the world angrier but uh yeah six five million years ago we got a helicopter here flying over a forest with searchlights on uh, the pilot says he's found the animal, or they found the animal, and that's when we cut to a drive-in, and the concession stand, or concession ad playing on the uh, the big screen, as uh, Rexy. Let's all go to the lobby, <laughs> let's all go to the lobby, let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some snacks. Get ourselves eaten. <laughs> <laughs> and, let, and we all become snacks. Mm. I don't know if this little scene here is edited just to make it shorter, or if uh, Rexy really just r does run in here, bellow, knock a car over, which is almost identical to the way they shot the uh, Explorer rollover in Jurassic Park. <laughs> just it rolls the opposite direction. Well, it's being chased by a helicopter that has like a um, Parks and Rec um, kind of logo on it. It's, I guess, Arcadia Park or something like that. But yeah, they kind of accidentally flush Rexy into a... Uh, populated drive-in area outside of a town speculation time do we reckon this is just after the lockwood escape i oh. think it's longer than that be just because i would have to say at most it's after rexy's confrontation with the lion at oh, the yeah. zoo yep because yeah. i've seen people commenting why would you be going to a drive-in theater if you know there's animals on mm -hmm. the loose but i think at this point they're aware that it's out there but they also are, um, like, people are, it's like early COVID where people are like, <laughs> you know, and then people are going to start getting eaten and the videos are going to start coming out and people are like, going to be like, oh, shit, there's more than just bears out in those woods now. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, there is a lot of running and screaming here. Is, uh, I don't think we see anyone get eaten, but she um, stops in front of the screen and bellows as uh, everyone's running away. Yes, this is actually, we've gotten the, uh, what was it, the, a couple of times now, I think we've gotten the rotunda posing from the T-Rex. Mm -hmm. I think this is the first time we've gotten the breakout posing from the T-Rex. Yeah, yep. But then we, uh, then we get a series of cuts with uh, the tagline, uh, Rule the World, which you're going to have to explain that one to me because that's <laughs> um, a bit of a weird one. Uh we get to see some Gallimimus running amongst some cars on a freeway or in the night time. 
that one almost kind of reminded me of like a deer in the headlights moment, you know? Mm. I don't know what would be more scared, the gal or the people driving. Because <laughs> you hit a deer <laughs> and you ride off your car. <laughs> I'd probably be freaked if I saw an eight-foot-tall ostrich <laughs> in front of my car, let alone a herd of them. Yeah. Plus, it's going to do some damage if you hit it. <laughs> um, we get a um, another scene which some people are thinking maybe a, a cut scene from Battle at Big Rock of a Baryonyx flipping an RB. It's the um, it's an alternate cut shot of not cut shot, but it's like an alternate shot from somebody else in one of their own campers of the Allosaurus attacking the RV from Battle at Big Rock. Hmm. Yep. And then lastly, because we all wanted it, we get to see the Mosasaur leaping from the water once again. Indeed, a shark a shark cage hanging off the side of a boat. <laughs> She's kind of a one-trick pony, but I kind of forgive it at the same time because that was a that was a conceptualized op- alternate opening for Fallen Kingdom. So it's kind of cool to get it, see it on the big screen finally. But at the same time, doesn't she do anything else? <laughs> I yeah, I mentioned this on a on a group the other day, and someone replied with a good point that this was how she got her food in the lagoon, where she was leaping up to grab those sharks whether that was her only food source we don't know but that's sort of that that memory that food memory you want food you elite from the world to get it in 2015 Jurassic world i get that four years later oh it's not even four years six months later in fallen kingdom at the start there i get it she's still trying to hunt for food and that's what she knows 80 years later now and she's still thinking that leaping from the water is how you get food when you've got all that marine life in the water, she'd be hunting and eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens in the film if <laughs> if this is the only time she does it. But I don't I don't see I don't know what the appeal is with the mosasaur leaping from the water every time we see her. <laughs> I do think it's funny though. One of the um, pictures that leaked during the production of the movie was this close up shot of a large tranquilizer dart in a when in a, somebody's window or front window of their car and oh, yes. that actually gets its own close up in the in the clip you we actually see the dart uh smash through the windshield of this elderly couple and they're freaking out because a giant dart almost just uh skewered this old guy <laughs> sitting in his car Yes, well, we didn't mention that part. While Rexy's posing in front of the uh, the screen, the helicopter does catch up and they fire the trank dart at her. Uh, obviously, we've got a Maserati quality pilot here because he yells, keep it steady, because <laughs> he missed. And yeah, the dart doesn't hit the Tyrannosaur. It goes through the window into a car, which we've talked before about how, how Rexy's going to survive uh, long-term in this film, being so mm-hmm. large and, and that... I hope it's more than just incompetence by humans. We sort of we had that incompetence in the Lost World with animal control and that when Rexy's roaming around San Diego. At that point, they didn't know what the Tyrannosaur was, so they weren't really uh, prepared for it. I think that Rexy is still learning that people are not going to be easy food as she thinks they are. And at this point, just because she's been around people as much that they're not going to want her around them. 
And the redwoods in just large coniferous forests in general are the natural habitat of a Tyrannosaurus rex. Mm. So I think if she stays further in the deep woods kind of areas that she'll be able to hide and survive a lot easier. Maybe maybe hunting deer and elk and other large animals than she would if she goes into populated areas like a drive-in theater or a zoo. Yeah, I hope we get to see that and not just <laughs> one day she's in a zoo, next minute she's at the drive-in theater and tomorrow she's going to be at the beach. <laughs> <laughs> beach party! <laughs> um, so yeah, that's um that's pretty much the teaser, the five minutes on the whole. Rewinding back to the comments whether or not this is actually going to be in the film or if it's a standalone like uh, Big Rock. As I said before, I don't think what we see at a Trenosaur at the drive-in is everything that happens at that drive-in, so we're just seeing clips there. We're seeing the clips um, after it of other things, other shots from the film as well, so I'm, this could easily not be in the original film and just be a, a, a set-up, um, something separate that everyone's got to see now, a year early, <laughs> before going in and seeing the actual film, knowing what we're, what we're doing and uh, what's going to happen going forward. Also, too, it doesn't really show anything of the film, really. We know, we already know Tyrannosaurs on the loose. We know all the animals are on the loose. The end of Battle at Big Rock, we've seen all those those clips there of the animals out in the real world interacting mm -hmm. with humans, so we know that's happening. So this is just another another take a take on that, plus the, uh, plus the wildlife documentary part at the start. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, like, like you said, we've seen these animals out in the wild... Compies acting like angry geese, stegosaurs <laughs> causing uh, people to veer off the road, stuff like that. So, I mean, they're going to integrate to a level, and if they manage not to be a nuisance, they'll probably survive longer. But, I mean, that's basically how animals are. Compies are going to eat out of the trash like possums, you know. Mm -hmm. Blue's probably going to attack some poor hiker and get, <laughs> like, stabbed in the neck or something. I hope they don't pull back on the death count in this movie with all these animals loose, um, what they have in the other two. But yeah, and that's and that's the thing. Even with animals now, if, if animals are a nuisance, they're going to get reported. And animal uh, rangers or whatever else are going to come deal with them. But if they're not being a nuisance, if you've got um, you see those ceratops in your backyard and it's not doing anything wrong, you're not going to dob it in, <laughs> call the rangers or whatever else you're going to use as a pet. Oh, that, that's going right up on YouTube. I mean, people take videos of bears eating out of the bird feeders in their backyard all the time. Yeah. Yep. You know they're going to go straight to YouTube, something like Triceratops. <laughs> yeah, coyotes in the backyard and everything else, yep. Um, although, yeah, I think if uh, I think if Blue's in your backyard, you've got problems. <laughs> yeah. Especially if she figures out how to open doors. Yeah, yep. So that's uh, that's the teaser. That's the, uh, the opening trailer. Um as you said, David, you're you're lucky enough to be able to see it in person. My the uh, IMAX here is way too far away to to go and see it, so I've had to uh, deal with the um, the crappy YouTube videos to see it and and all that. But um, we know it's out yeah. there now. Jurassic June's done. I don't think we're going to get much more now until maybe uh, Thanksgiving when we might get another trailer. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I was I lucky? I'm lucky enough to have a IMAX theater right in town, so it's only like 10, 15 minutes away. And I went and saw it with a friend of mine who 
incidentally played Dr. Ryan Crest in Jurassic World. He was an extra. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I, I'm foreseeing some uh, dry news <laughs> again coming up. News uh, episodes coming up. There's some stuff we didn't talk about uh, outside the films. Uh, Evolution getting a second, a second uh, sequel release. Uh, the game. We're going to talk about that later. And... Um, some other things too. Hopefully next time we can talk about some new toys as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dave, I think that's it for Jurassic June. Anything else from Jurassic June? I suppose in the community you want to discuss. I think it, it's it's weird that Jurassic June comes around. It sort of everyone uses it as a platform to release their Jurassic Park or Jurassic themed merchandise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think it's funny that people are like, "How come Jurassic Park doesn't get a day? Aliens gets a day. Star Wars gets a day." I'm like. Guys, we get a whole month of news and Jurassic stuff. I, th- I think we can skip the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Plus, we also release dates. We also got a lot of stuff for that as well, whether it's dra- uh, June for Jurassic or May for Lost World. I haven't seen much about the uh, the 20th anniversary of Jurassic Park 3, but <laughs> uh, it might come still, but uh, yeah. Uh, Dave, anything else on Jurassic June before we get out of here for the month? Uh, no, I think we're good. Mm-hmm.